0: Welcome to the Brother 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 Podcast, where three brothers from three different generations talk about their one shared passion music. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with my brother, Christian Lewis. So it's a Brother Brother Podcast, and today we're talking Oscars. You can now listen to episodes on the Brother Pod app, which also gives you access to additional new music, music news, clips, and content that we curate for each episode. You can also interact with us directly through the talkback feature. Ask us questions, make suggestions, and voice your own opinions. Just search BrotherPod in the App Store to download on your mobile device. As always, you can learn more about the pod at BrotherPod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Now, let's talk about the Oscars. the brother 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 podcast i'm your host when Lewis. i'm here with my brother christian lewis it is a brother brother podcast and today we are doing our take on the oscars uh this week's ceremony uh the awards themselves and um i don't know what uh what we like and don't like about awards in general i think uh coming on the heels of our of our grammy recap where uh you know uh Elbows deep in award season, and what do you think of the Oscars?
1: You know, I actually, um, I have to say, I was very pleasantly surprised this time around. Um, I think uh, the Oscars. I mean, as, as we've, you know, often discussed, uh, you know, among the two of us and, and with Jeremy as well. Like, uh, award season is basically uh, an excuse for people. In our position, um, so you know, cultural critics or um, uh, art critics or whatever, to just completely um, shit all over the industry basically. To complain to rise about all the up stuff the you don't like. Take shots. Yeah, complain about all the stuff you don't like, um, you know talk smack about anybody who, uh, who you have you know uh, a grievance with this year um, all the while saying that you don't give a shit about this ceremony at all um, or any of the um, uh, sort of pageantry around it, um, yet you sit there year after year glued to the screen pretending that it matters. So basically um, you know,
0: what you're saying is that we are collectively all Spike Lee, which is to say we we flip out when we win an award and we walk out when we're disappointed?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and I think the the uh, sort of interesting um, uh, thing for me always about the Oscars is, and, you know, the reason I guess I keep coming back is, among other things, um, it's, it's a sort of excuse to hold yourself accountable for seeing all the movies this year, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not something that um, I, I, I think... Yeah, exactly. I think that it, it's a totally artificial one, but it's fun to play along. It's uh, an excuse to uh, get a bunch of friends over um, and crack bottles of wine on a Sunday night and, and, you know, have a good time and sort of soak it all in. Um, so, I, you know, fr- from my perspective, I, I think I'm often pretty hard on, uh, on, on these ceremonies. Um, but I have to say this year, you know, I, I said this about the Grammys. I thought that overall it was... Um, not a complete disaster there were a bunch of performances I actually liked um as opposed to just being a clean sheet of performances I thought were trash uh and and you know this year with the Oscars again I thought that it was a mixed bag as it always is but um but I actually on balance thought that it was uh, uh a decent ceremony and I think that the biggest contributing factor was that they kept it under three hours and 15 minutes I think the lack of a host was, I mean, it was front and center, it was
0: controversial, and it kind of worked without uh, <laughs> anybody really, really wanting it to work. I, I, still am, I still marvel, and I will, you know, bitch about this year on, you know, year after year, which is, uh, you know, why every year do we throw a Broadway musical to celebrate movies? Um, I don't understand why there's so many show tunes and, you know, dance numbers and everything else. I think it seems rather silly and an and antiquated kind of look at showbiz. Uh, that said, uh, the, you know, the things that I do like to see, which is people getting awards, finding out who won and and uh, acceptance speeches, should they ever be uh, have the slightest whiff of spontaneity. Um, tend to get cut short anyway, so I, I don't. I, you know, it's always been a mystery why the show is shaped the way it is to me. But at the same time, I'll I'll never miss it.
1: I I guess I, I'm kind of interested um, in you know I've I've got a, a a sort of series of questions for you, and maybe you can sort of pull back the curtain and and you know tell me a little bit about um, how Hollywood works, Wyndham. Would you be Would you be willing to do that? Oh, absolutely. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> um, I did actually. The first show I ever did develop was with the guys that uh, produced the Oscars. So, um, or for, well, for let a different time.
1: Well, let me go ahead and, and ask the question. Then. One, one is why in the hell? So, okay, uh, America. I think uh, is I'll just be America in this context. Um, Wyndham, oh, uh, question. Why there's it a is. there's a hand raised in the back. Um, uh, America. <laughs> uh, oh, you oh a question? thank you, Wyndham. <laughs> thank you. Um, yes, uh, I, I'm curious why. Um, why you force me to sit through the Oscar for production design every year, or sound editing, or animated short film, or a whole bunch of other categories that, frankly, 12 people give a shit about. And those are, in fact, the people who either receive the awards or the the family members. Fake news.
0: Next question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My question is, why is the Academy... First of all, what is the Academy? Let's start there. And then my second question is, in what way are they dependent... Upon or do they owe fealty to um, these these people uh, who are getting these completely like and I'm not saying that they shouldn't be celebrated I'm just saying like it's weird to me that it, it's like. Um, it's like throwing a fucking inauguration on the steps of the United States Capitol for, like, your local public advocate. It, it, like, it just, it's too big a stage for the size of, you know, relatively speaking, for the size of the star power or the size of the, the, the vehicle, wow. the star, whatever.
0: Um, that was a very concise question. And I will start with my, uh, my answer with it, you know, in a very specific term, which is, uh, you know, there was a controversy this year about scrapping a few, you know, pulling a few of the those awards from the show um including um oddly enough cinematography which seems sort of central uh, <laughs> actually not the, one of the ones yeah, i was going to uh, was going to fall into the frivolous <laughs> camp but uh, you know none of them are, are frivolous if you're involved obviously but that's your point is that so few people are involved in, in things like production design hair and makeup uh the ironic thing is that you know people yeah. um made uh, a very audible stink when um when uh, they did pull those few awards, and, and as a result, they reinstated them. And as a result, they awarded hair and makeup uh, to the people behind Vice during the award show, uh, at which point, the people from Vice got up and were completely unprepared and gave us about three minutes of the most awkward. Fumbling about that uh, has ever occurred on television is utterly <laughs> so. Just, oh, that was so cringy. Should you um, have been <laughs> one of the vocal uh, majority that said these need to be on television, uh, you were treated to uh, a. a, a you and really, they agreed with me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was you know. I, a better case could not have been made. Should you have been in the um, dissenting uh, side of that? Yeah. That said, um, you know I think, um, you know I think we like to see people get awards. I mean I, I do want to see, particularly things like you know, uh, short film and and um, you know documentary and it's hard to parse out which ones people find. Uh, negligible in which one I mean which as opposed to the ones that you find negligible um, things like production design you know or if if you do work in the industry you do realize how crucial that is to how a, a film uh, you know it, whether or not you know to the overall quality of a film really um, and you you were you know before we got on this um, pod today you were you were saying that you had a hard time or complete failure to recognize Christian Bale as Dick Cheney which uh you know that kind of artistry should be recognized um because you know it's again it's if you can if he's able to disappear into that category I mean into that character um it it that film is 100 percent better than it would be if uh, he was standing there looking like Christian Bale doing a, a cheap Dick Cheney impersonation. So I guess you know I'm, I, I'm, I I know you're not arguing the merits of of uh, the you know the vital nature of these things to a film. You're asking why they should be on television,
1: and the answer is I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying that the entertainment value um, in, in aggregate uh, is reduced by a handful of you know I I think it's. It's useful to have basically writers and directors, um, in the mix with, uh, with with the actual actors and on-screen talent, um, because they have their own, you know, they have their own star power, um, You've heard of you know the, the often writers and directors will be household names like hell yeah I want to see Quiron or you know Guillermo mm-hmm. del Toro or whomever get on stage and and talk about their vision but they are also um, you know true um, personalities uh, well I, I don't want to say I don't want to say that the, I don't want to say true artists in a way that suggests that that hair and makeup stylists are not they are um, but they are true artists uh, in a f- form of art that that to be you know very. Blunt. Um, I'm not that interested in, and uh, it, I don't think it's just me. I mean, I, I think that across the board, that that's sort of true. So, you know, if you were to if you were to um, uh, condense <coughs> the entire award ceremony into basically on-screen talent plus um, song, uh, director, and writer, um, I don't think too many people would be upset well here's here would not be my counter uh, proposal which
0: is um if you got rid of some of the musical numbers and some of the uh montages um although not the death montage that's my favorite every year um but if you were to get rid of some of the more super, uh, superfluous pieces of the show you wouldn't care that there were you know the the Handing out of these tech, tech awards during the show really isn't what eats minutes. It's the other stagier stuff. So, I could live with you know condensing the show by getting rid of some of the uh, um, you know sort of showmanship and get and sticking with
1: the awards that people are justly won. Yeah, and, I guess um, I guess I'm I'm sort of. I mean like like any graduation um you know or uh it's it sort of each award matters to exactly one person at least, and um you know in in some it means that those people um, sort of vote as a unit for for keeping the more obscure mm-hmm. uh, sort of esoteric um, to um, to be fair they're they hand out a lot of awards at a luncheon a week before the Oscars as well. So
0: not um, enough.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be my uh, would be my only point. And and that you know all the more reason, frankly, um, that that you know if you have a separate ceremony for for the boring shit um, that you. Uh, that you just take care of it then and there, um, and you continue. And my, the, my reason for saying this, and I think there is a bigger sort of purpose here, um, which is that if you really want to sort of capture the imagination and excitement and and the sort of magic of movie making, um, then do it with, you know, do it with the sort of excitement and 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 the people who can sort of uh, who can really connect with your audience, the the familiar faces. You know, I want to see. Um, uh, the Lady Gagas and um, you know Olivia Coleman's and and uh, Quarons get on stage and and speak. I I just don't like all these fucking weirdos with like strange hair and weird yeah, fitting tuxes, like just aren't you know it, it's it's fine. It's it, like they're great and I'm very happy for them and congratulations. I you know I'm sure it's. Well, I have no idea whether it's uh, whether it's well deserved or not. Um, I I can only assume that it's uh, that that it would actually be as highly disputed as every other category (laughs) of the Oscars.
0: But they're they're just there to remind you that uh, Washington isn't the
1: only Hollywood for ugly people. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, There is actually a Hollywood uh, underbelly that is Hollywood for ugly people. Um, Well. Okay, so I guess you've, you've sort of um, you, know, you know unsatisfactorily, I, 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 but not because of the way you answered it, but sort of unsatisfactorily just said, you know, sit there and listen um, and watch because, you know, it's not going to change anytime it, soon. It's
0: a half-hearted argument on my side. I mean, I'm taking uh, the dissenting view, but I, I, my heart's not in it. I mean, frankly, I think they should probably move some of that stuff to the, to the luncheon as well. But, yeah, that said, I, I think that is less, those are less... A problem, um, that you know, it less of uh, the cause of the bloat of the show than the um, you know the production numbers.
1: Yeah, although I don't think that there were that many of them. Uh, when you say that, I mean it was like so. It opened with a performance. Uh, okay, first of all, uh, well let's 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 talk music. Table- <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's just let's just fully uh, fully pivot here and, and move on to the the music discussion because. Um, Adam Lambert, uh, just not Freddie Mercury. Yeah, uh, neither um, was Robbie <laughs> Um No, that's true, but uh, but in no way did that bother me. Um, you know, I really... Th- I th- he was just super pitchy, and, like, there was just a, a, an affect to his voice that, like, sucks. It doesn't... I mean, it really doesn't sound anything like him. I mean, it really did feel like a, um... Broadway. You know, yeah, t- exactly. It's It was the, the complete broadway of of an otherwise supremely good rock band. Um, that said, you know, it was pretty cool seeing him get out there and, and um... Uh, you know, for the rest of the band And, and perform um, It was a cool way to start the show It was still weird Not having a host to sort of say And now we are starting mm-hmm. um, But uh, but if anything could do it um, Then I think A septuagenarian astrophysicist um, Shredding uh, yeah. On his <laughs> um, You know, is, is about as good as you're gonna get
0: Yeah, there's only a few of those I think there's uh, Brian May and Tom Schultz so there you go.
1: Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I thought that aside from that, you know, we had um, Bradley Cooper, who uh, I Can't take everything you. back. I <laughs> said about how, how he was more musical than I thought he was. Yeah. Um, he, he's, in fact, exactly as musical as I thought he was <laughs> um, with a hell of a lot of pitch correction uh, on screen. Um, you know, the, the I think- be- And the best Lady
0: Gaga performance may very well have been Maya Rudolph.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, she actually, she actually did uh, did hit those notes. I was actually pretty impressed by that. People forget that,
0: uh, or people may not realize if they knew or didn't know that Maya Rudolph's mother was Minnie Ripperton who was regarded as the person with the greatest range in the history of, of R and B singing. So uh, you know, it's no it's no shocker that Maya Rudolph can sing. Um, Her mom was absolutely unbelievable and and, uh, sadly taken far too early from us uh, when Maya was a child. um, Right after she had sort of established, right after Minnie Ripperton had established herself as a force to be reckoned with, uh, she died young from
1: uh, uh, cancer. So um, I did not know that. I I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. uh, That makes a lot of sense. Um, I sort of chalked it up to the fact that, you know, I think there are... Often, and I mean, you have put a very fine point on it, but I also, I think in general, like SNL has a lot of secret talent like that. Um, There's a lot of Broadway on SNL. Yes, um, but not in a horrible way for the context of the specific point that we're making. But
0: everybody, every, you know, it's almost to a person, there's a a song and dance person. Yeah. I mean, AD Bryant obviously sings almost every show and um, Kate McKinnon can get away with, you know, is is more musical than
1: Bradley Cooper. Um, Yes. Uh, should we just spend the rest of the podcast talking about things that are more musical than Bradley Cooper? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this book on my desk <laughs> for two hundred. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, uh, but I, I do think um, I actually went back and watched the uh, um, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, Tina Fey thing, and they
1: are you know they are They're great. They're so good. Yeah. So this and, this is the true the true tragedy of it was you know I thought okay so you're not gonna have a host and that's fine um, but then I I I'm not sure I'm I'm really sort of torn as to whether I think I would have I would have uh, preferred you know sort of no host and no sort of uh, tantalizing. Um, Uh, sort of, you know, almost host or introducer, I guess, because in their case, it was just there. There was so much, like I, I just don't understand why in the hell they don't do this every year. Well, I'll tell you, they don't seem that busy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would, I would say that there was multiple presenters that that would have acquitted themselves nicely as hosts. I mean, Aquafina was great when she came out. Uh, Did you think so? I liked her. Yeah, Brian Tyree Henry. Um and Melissa
1: McCarthy together as hosts. Yes. Bring it on. Um, Yeah. It does seem as though, and I actually I I would say that Aquafina, um I I wasn't as crazy about uh her. I like um Mulaney a lot though. The two of them Uh, together were were I thought were pretty funny. Yeah, and I think Yes. Mulaney um, an acquired taste as far as it, I'm concerned. He, I actually think that's true in both cases. But I think yeah. almost you could do worse than picking almost anybody who has, uh, you know, been a, a sort of superstar of SNL, partly mm-hmm. because of their comfort with the medium. I, I literally, you know, I
0: mean, I, I take back what I said about production numbers because John Mulaney is a walking show tune. Yeah. <laughs> he is um, literally the physical embodiment of a of, show tune. Of like whistling zippity douda or something. <laughs> or yeah. you know, John <laughs> Phillips Sousa fandom, you know. Um I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's the music man. But um I thought, you know, so you know, there was a couple of, of kind of fun pairings and, and you know, maybe you know, I think it it is um sort of
1: like when you <laughs> By know the way. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, no, just on the Mulaney topic, I, one of the few genuine moments of what I believe was ad-libbed Huber um, was when he read off the teleprompter uh, animated short film. Ooh, they gave us a good one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty good. Uh, he's funny. Um, yeah, he's But I also, I think, you know, like so many times when you see a movie or a TV show and you wind up, you know, going like... Uh, you know, the um, guy, now I'm going to forget his name, Craig, uh, um, you know, was in all the... You know, I had, like, the little bit parts in, in a bunch of movies um, or, you know... Uh, <laughs> okay. You know I'm talking about Craig with the bit parts. Yeah, Craig with the bit parts, or or I have no idea who the hell you're talking about. um, Oh man, yeah, they gave him a sitcom a few years ago. Um, But you know, so many times people have like these two-minute bursts in a movie where they're like, "Well, that guy stole that scene," you know, Ken, uh, you know, Ken Jong, or or um, oh, Craig Ferguson, Craig Ferguson, or uh, no, not Craig Ferguson. Uh, Black Eye was in... Oh, Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson, yeah. And, um, you know, but then you give them their own 30-minute vehicle or, God forbid, their own two-hour vehicle, and you realize that there's a reason they're great for two minutes. Um, And I think that a lot of times you try and, you know, you take these people who have, you know, this great two minutes on stage, and you're like, well, why don't they just host? And the fact is that being the host, you know, coming out and doing a great two minutes is a hell of a lot easier than coming out and being the host of the Oscars. And I think that's always an overlooked proposition. So everybody's, uh, you know, um, everybody's remedy for everything is just put Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and, and Maya Rudolph out there uh, for six hours and it'll be fantastic. You know, I think it's it
1: well, is well. a little harder to sustain than, than uh, we're... Well, I think it's harder to do. I don't think it's actually that hard to sustain. I think it just, it, it means that four months of their um, years is, uh, is tied up in preparation for this thing. Um, that said, I think that they're, you know, I, I'm surprised, look, it...
0: I mean, they it, should take a page
1: I, from Brother, 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 frankly, and have all three of them
0: host, but come out in different pairings all the time. That would yeah, work. And, and, and they should, there should be no preparation. <laughs> yes. And they should be drunk. <laughs> otherwise known as the
1: golden globes the golden globes (laughs) exactly i was gonna say um but so uh you know but i do think that they um they would do well so the reason that this thing usually takes four hours and, and just for for listeners out there it was uh it was three hours and 53 minutes last year and they managed to cut it to three hours and 12 minutes this year um you know, I think the, the reason that that extra, you know, that extra 30 minutes is basically the fact that the host comes back out every single time and then introduces the introducer. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a way around this. They, they, they found it. <laughs> you know? Well, you're, but just say you have a host, have that person come and do a 10 minute monologue. Um, and leave the building. And then they can fuck off and go wherever they want. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then they need to come back three hours later. And then you need to say, thanks, everybody. That was the Oscars. Like Julie Roberts did. Yes. I guess that's without, it. Without <laughs> saying hi to Bradley Cooper's
0: mom. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, speaking of people more musical than Bradley Cooper. Speaking of people who left the building. <laughs> well, or in Spike Lee's case, attempted to leave the building. <laughs> yeah. That's still one of my favorite things is about Spike Lee's, uh, you know, protest. to escape was the fact he wasn't yeah, allowed to leave. That he get turned around by a bunch of volunteers from, uh, you know, the, the Oscars. That's
1: pretty funny. A bunch of, you know, seat fillers. Well, that was uh, that was pretty remarkable. It was yeah, I mean, so it was reported that of course he stormed out when Green Book won, um, except that somewhere between uh, his seat and uh, the great liberating outdoors, um, he was he was told to go back to his seat, <laughs> and the thing is, he did. How serious can you be about storming out? <laughs> If yeah. if you st- if you turn around and go back to your seat so you have to go full storm you have to go you have like to make it past the door <laughs> assume this is on camera yeah you have to at least go outside and wait for somebody to come get you um and and then you can but like <laughs> but to like get to the popcorn stand and like <laughs> have somebody basically just sh- like bar the doors mm. um Although and you,
0: it does, and you have yeah. to not be dressed like speedy delivery from Mister Robin Mister Rogers neighborhood
1: in order to be taken seriously if you're throwing a temper tantrum that's just my two cents. Yeah, um, so I mean, this is a, this is maybe a good opportunity to talk about the um, the the Oscar winners themselves, um, and you know, of course, Green Book won. I think there's been um, really pretty excellent um, sort of reflection and. and uh, commentary um of of whether this was deserving uh, of a win from from um friend of yours wesley morris uh you know and frankly i don't think i've, I've seen anything better than um what he wrote uh in, in the new york times about um sort of hollywood's uh hollywood's difficulty sort of coming to terms with um questions of race uh and it is really thought-provoking stuff i i I think, in retrospect, um, you know, the selection of Green Book, which he sort of uh, very, you know, um, slyly uh, suggested might be, you know, the winner in the end, or at least suggested that it wouldn't be a surprise um, given his uh, sort of impression of how Hollywood grapples with race for, for a movie like this to um, to win. Uh, and yet, I, I didn't think, you know... You were you a f I mean, were you a fan? I, I think
0: um No, but I, for a number of reasons. Um the one thing I will say is that uh, and you know uh, uh I I urge anybody to read Wesley's piece, uh, is that you got you know you nailed a piece of social criticism when it is just as uh, uh insightful days before the Oscars as it is days after um you know you fully uh anticipated the moment and and just really nailed um no i read it again
1: today and thought oh this is actually even more elucidating than i originally thought we'll we'll um we'll put the link out there uh through the app and um and on social media as well but uh it really is an, an excellent look at at um, You know, in particular, uh, Spike Lee was, was there 30 years ago and, and there again um, this week when, uh, when as, as Spike was grumbling on his way to the exits, um, you know, anybody with a goddamn car will beat me at the Oscars. Well, let's just say uh, Spike <laughs> Lee, more than anybody, is an advocate for the driverless car. Yes, I think 5G. That's right.
0: <laughs> um, so, anyway, you want to take a quick break and come back and we can talk about, we can go award for award? Yep, sounds good. All right, let's do that. Burn, Hollywood burn, I smell a riot going on. First they're guilty, now they're gone. Yeah, I'll check out a movie, but it'll take a black one to move me. Get me the hell away from this TV. All the news and views are beneath. For all the years we looked like browns The joke is over, smell the smoke from all around
1: Ice Cube is down with the P.E. Now every single bitch wanna see me Big Daddy and Smooth Word to Mother Let's check out a flick that exploits the Night, red, blue lights like, with a common sight Pull to the curb, get blind like a sucker Don't fight the power, the motherfucker As I walk the streets of Hollywood Boulevard Big and hard it was for those who started in the movie the roles of butlers and maids, slaves and hoes. Many intelligent black men seem to look uncivilized when on the screen. Like, I guess I figure you to play some Jigaboo on the plantation. What else can a nigga do? And black women in this profession after playing a lawyer, out of the question. For what they played, and mama is the perfect term, even if now she got a perm. So let's make our own movies like Spike Lee. Cause the roles being awful, don't strike me. There's nothing that the black man could use to earn. Burn, Hollywood, burn. Welcome back to the Brother, Brother, Brother pod, where today we are talking the 2019 Oscars. And um, right before we uh, we went to a break, I believe, Wyndham, you were um, very uh, elaborately trying to sidestep my question about whether you like the movie Green Book, um, winner of Best Picture. Not at all, actually. I, um, I did sidestep, but it wasn't uh, super intentional. I'm
0: not. Uh, I didn't. I... I it, I, it's funny. I find that the conversation or the question that's that's constantly in in the ether these days is, you know, is television the new movies? Is the is are the auteurs and the, and the true artists moving towards television and away from movies and as movies become more marvelized and and superhero oriented? And the funny thing is, and this is a point that I haven't really heard anybody else uh, bring up, is that to me, if you looked at the best picture nominees this year so many of them to me felt like made for tv movies and that's what green book uh felt like to me it's not a bad movie it's it's you know it's you can sit through it it's not one of those things that like makes you want to jump up and turn off the television uh, or the film um but it it has a number of things not na- that not at me what, you know one of which is a sort of you know simpletonian um you know life parable which you know Take it or leave it. It's the the performances
1: are great. The, uh, the lesson being, don't be a racist. Yeah, that's a you know, it's uh, or but also as, as Wesley points out in his piece, it's sort of this. Um, uh, there is a sort of slightly uncomfortable um, undertone that, of course, it's all happening on the terms of the white character, yeah, and it's sort yeah. of the experience is very much through that person's eyes. The um, black character is is uh, effectively a.
0: And my God, they—they—they they, they made it, it, it took every the opportunity story to to, step in it.
1: Yes, uh, exists in the story as, as a um, uh, as a sort of mechanism by which the white character can can have this revelatory experience.
0: Absolutely, and that is the that is the pervasive co- um, complaint or criticism of this film. It's uh, you know it's true, and um, you know, like I said, Wesley nailed it on the. Hit the nail on the head, but the other thing that drives me crazy about movie, you know, about certain movies, and particularly, you know, so you get these period pieces, and there's it's a to me, it's a lazy bit of filmmaking, not just from a, a story perspective, but you know, it's one of those ones where you know, it's meant to be the early 60s, and every car is spotless, every location looks like it's you know. Uh, recreated and not lived in it. You know what I mean? It's it's got this sort of um, you know made on a set quality to it that um, feels v- that takes me out of watching a movie um, because it's about a time rather than of a time, and that's right. a distinction I frequently it, it, make.
1: It, yeah. The, well, and I, I think there's um, I think that the, a more charitable or more favorable. Uh, interpretation might be, and and see, you know you can disagree with this, but um, might be that uh, you know movies that are um, very theatrical, uh, and by that I mean they they feel like they belong on a stage, um, mm-hmm. and oh god, not musicals, but I do mean um, you know real theater. Uh, you yeah, know, this I, is like a two-hander, yeah. Right, I mean they they just you know the attention isn't necessarily paid. Uh, in quite the same way, to as you say, making this set feel sort of lived in and making you feel like you're being truly transported, um, as opposed to you know, taken on a ride along, um, yeah, so to speak. It uh, does.
0: I felt like it, I never felt like it wasn't a movie, and that that throws right. me, and that's part of uh, the skill of movie making, as far as I'm concerned, is to make you forget that you're watching a movie, and this, you but know, but is that not?
1: Is that not in part, if I may uh, push back a little bit? Is that not in part a, a sort of criticism that's basically saying you have a favorite type of movie? But I don't think that by any means that's that is the norm. I think that you know the uh, uh, another interpretation might be, and, and I'm thinking of a movie like you know one of your favorites, like Network. It's like I don't feel like I was necessarily. I mean, I, I guess that's actually not a great example because there are a lot of ways that that really did transport people more than anything up until that date. Um, it's also not a period piece. It is an actual movie
0: that takes place in 1976. So you okay, know, it's more enough. it's more that when my attention is pulled away from the story by the fact that I'm looking at such... Um, uh, contrivance isn't, isn't the word I'm looking for, but where the the scenery looks so
1: manicured and stagey that it did pulls me out for the record this is why i can't find i can't really dig into something like peaky blinders or boardwalk empire Mm -hmm. um is that i am just so acutely aware of like uh there's just something about it that feels like it's a I, that I'm I'm looking at the set, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it just, it, there's not, it's something that's not quite believable about it, and I'm I'm not um, articulating what it is, but I do know, um, I do understand what you're, what you're saying, no, and for it, that it, reason, it feels like something on the family channel, you know, as Ironically,
0: to- Star Wars doesn't have that problem, and I've never been to, you know, whatever the, you know, I've never been, I was about to pull out the name of a Tatooine or something. Um, Nerd. Yeah, well, I was trying like hell to think not of something. To, That's the only one I could think of. But you know what I mean? It's you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be real, you know, hyper realistic. But no, like fact, I like a little attention
1: paid. And this takes us back to the benefits hugely. Yeah, but it benefits hugely from not actually representing a, a place. I mean, whereas like it, the you know 1940s or 1930s American South is close enough um, and realistic enough and vivid enough in my imagination 60s Um, but yeah was it the 60s yeah um but i mean that that in any event it would be you know that these are these are places that are um close enough to to reality to be you know to be portrayed fairly inaccurately as opposed to um you know as opposed to sort of uh Right, I guess in a semi-charmed kind of. um.
0: If if I may go off on a tangent, and this is going to step on my what are you listening to, but um, I saw uh, they shall not grow old this week, and it it really blew me away. And I don't know if that was um, uh, if that qualified for this year's or next year's Oscars, but it should be uh, seriously considered. Uh, But it's Peter Jackson's, um, you know, sort of. uh, he, he. Curation of archive. Curation of archive footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you very much for that articulation of my uh, lack of articulation. Um, but that said, you know. Th- the olden days were not in black and white. You oh, know? World War I yeah. The <laughs> yeah. But I, you know what I mean? It's it, it just because, you know, so, but also the 1962 was not candy land. It wasn't, you know, the streets weren't brand new. The grass wasn't greener than, um, all, sh- all clothing wasn't, uh, wasn't, you know, out of the box and cars got dings. So, you know, that's the, that's my, axe to grind with Green Book as much as anything and and also just it, it just felt very stagey and, and you know obvious Yeah. that said it's not a hard movie to sit through you know
1: yeah no that's um, uh, that's fair enough so we spent pretty much I think all of the allotted time in which we were going to talk about our favorite movies um, yeah. just talking about how much you didn't like Green Book um, it, yeah I mean, to hit on a couple of other sort of highlights, things that I saw this year, I mean, it, it, we are talking about sort of some of the filmic qualities that, that really are lacking. Um, and, you know, I say that as somebody who is a, a big fan of Mahershal Ali. I, I really think he's just one of the most outstanding and, actors. And, and Vigo Mortensen. And Viggo Mortensen, exactly. That was, I mean, I, I think both of those guys are really terrific. And Linda um, Card-
0: Cardinalini.
1: And for that reason, um, you know the question is, was this something that was going to be able to stand on its own sort of, and was it just going to look like a play? Um, and, you know, I think that uh, it, to many people that's probably exactly what it looked like. Um, but I think some of the other cultural criticisms um, a little bit more nuanced uh, you know, stand up. Um, and, and so the question really becomes, um, you know, who and what are the Oscars celebrating? But um, you It'll know, take my favorite movies of the year. Uh, sorry, do you want to? No, close I was just going to the... say if
0: if you want to if you want to uh, make up for some lost time, uh, many of my many of those complaints can be directly applied to Bohemian Rhapsody as well. Um, yeah, but Queen. I love Queen.
1: There you go. We'll get Queen. to that. So, um, your
0: favorite movies this year?
1: Not Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, however, I. Understand easily why it was so popular. It um, was fun. Yeah. I yeah, I think it's just not the opinion. movie that I... It's, it's always going to be difficult when somebody makes one movie about... You know, one licensed all-access movie about Queen, and it isn't the movie that I wanted them to make about <laughs> yeah. Queen. And that's, that's just... I, look, I get that that's my problem and not Hollywood's problem. Um, and frankly they're pretty good at making movies for... Mass audience. ...the most viewers, yeah. Um, and, you know, that isn't always going to be me, and and I get that. Um, but it's not going to... Uh, it's not going to mean that I don't um, complain about it on my very own podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I think my favorite movies... Um, Roma was certainly very high on that list for me. Um, I think, you know, I, I've s- said this many times before, but Quoron really is my favorite director um, at the moment, and I think he's uh, he just did something pretty extraordinary with, with this film, Sort of, and s- speaking by the way of taking you to a time and a place um, you know a- 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 despite the fact that it was in black and white there isn't anything about this that doesn't feel like you are being just immersed in the sort of complexity of 1970s um, politics of, of, of race and class in, in Mexico and um, uh, I f- saw Black Klansman this week and thought it was a very, very solid film. Um, it was something... It was certainly, uh, you know, one of my favorite by, by Spike Lee. Obviously, one is a sort of, you know, in a, in a category all of its own. Um, <clears throat> do the right thing. But, uh, uh, but, you know, truth be told, I thought that this was a very solid effort. I'm not sure... Ultimately, um, and you know, independent of, of Green Book, I'm not sure that um, uh, it's what I would consider best picture worthy. No, I, I, I think it falls into the Bohemian
0: Rhapsody, Green Book, and Black Klansmen all fall into the same category for me, which is they all felt like they could have been on television. And yeah. they all also, and I really liked, that said, I liked all the performances in all of them, um, but they all felt to me to be about a time rather than of a time. Nothing about it felt um, intrinsically, um, transformationally or transformatively, um, you know, taking you back in time. They all felt like they had a very
1: current outlook on a historical story. Um, And I'm curious, uh, finally, to get your take on The Favorite, because I think this is one that... Um, may actually uh, stand up in the long term better than many of the others this year. Um, you know, I, I don't know that we're going to be talking... I think we will be talking about Roma 20 years from now. Um, but I'm not sure that you could say the same of any of the other... See, uh, I
0: Roma and The Favorite, to me, fall into a different category, which is I appreciate them more than I enjoyed them. And, um, you know, I, I, a very long time ago... Um, I think I was going to see a French film and I walked out and I said, you know, sometimes it's them and not you. Um, sometimes you don't enjoy a foreign film and it's not because you don't understand it or you don't, uh, if you're unable to sort of process it, it's because it's not as good as the sliding scale dictates that it is uh, by virtue of being foreign and released in America. Um, I thought Roma, um, there were parts of, there were, I thought Roma was beautiful I thought it was uh, the um, the performances again were great I do think um, there are a couple pieces of it uh, that were just downright pretentious and there were a lot of let's say I could knock off probably 50% of the holding the dog parking in the carport and washing the floor scenes
1: yeah Um... I can see why but I, I respectfully disagree. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And
0: I I think, you know, yeah, uh, I it's, mean, a, it's, it's a, a slow, very valid
1: criticism, yeah.
0: It's a slow build to that nowhere. doesn't I don't think <laughs> it merits being a slow build. I think you could have I and it, you know, this this all sound uh, is, you know, in service of making me sound like a um, you know, Luddite. But it, it truly, you know, it's my opinion that I think there are these long languishing shots that um, people, that the director fell in love with that, um, you know, the first hour of that film is is a, is tough sledding
1: as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah, um, and I, I think that, you know, a, a different interpretation of the same hour would, would say that it sort of provides a, a degree of, intimacy that never really arrives as a result of dialogue um, so you are there is something you know uh, about a sort of the, the voyeurism of, of watching somebody do their job um, that lets you inside their life in a way that you wouldn't that, that you can't necessarily arrive at by, but you just can't be told um, you know, what that's like um, you sort of need to, to visualize you, you need to see it and experience it um, and that was, that was what I appreciated about it. Um, but, you know, I, look, it, it's, it, I, I think it, it was, um, he is nevertheless, uh, just an incredible sort of visual storyteller. Um, and I'm curious to get back to it, uh, the favorite, um, what your thoughts were on that?
0: Again, I, I loved everybody in it. I, am certain it's not like a broken record. I loved everybody in it, um, it was it's fun. It's got its moments. It wasn't it didn't hit the crescendos, didn't hit the highs that I wanted it to hit. But, I, you know, I, I do appreciate it and I did like it. You know, I mean, it, um, and I think uh, Olivia Coleman was very deserving and I was really happy she won because I also, uh, like three other people, saw the wife and thought it was um, thought they were giving Glenn Close a Lifetime Achievement Award um, that she Deserves recognition for, but it was uh, not the movie. You know, it's it's one of those ones like um, *Scent of a Woman* or or you know *The Departed* or Paul Newman winning for um,
1: uh, the the. Uh, uh, yeah, this this the to Tom Cruise feels, movie. This feels a bit though like uh, a lot of credit goes to the marketing team for the favorite, um, because I have to say. And I guess the, the you know, twin star power of Rachel Weiss and um, Emma... Uh, Stone. Stone were... I mean, you know, attracted most people to the theater um, for this. But, but I think ultimately, uh, you know, it, it's possible to imagine a, a situation where it gets slightly fewer bums in seats... And there's not a chance in hell that the award doesn't go to Glenn Close in that context. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the favorite had to be um, a surprise hit, uh, yeah. which, which it really was. Um, mm-hmm. It was It was sort of interesting to see how um, how widely talked about that movie was and how many people saw it uh, who frankly, who I wouldn't have expected to. Um, so the the word of mouth uh, sort of buzz, I think um, really helped sort of elevate the movie and, and gave you know Olivia Coleman the, the credit that she um, I love her. I think deserves yeah. I mean, she's so yeah. To for for any uh for any listeners out there, she's also um, in every British movie, uh, and TV show, <laughs> <and> <laughs> TV made. show ever made since 1995. Um, oh no, yes. going back further, I believe she was actually in the original
0: Shakespeare Company. I mean, she is in everything. Um, yeah, except Game
1: Fabulous in everything.
0: Yeah, um, and a great comic actor. I mean, you know, yep. I I first. I think she first came on my radar while she was on Peep Show, but then also uh, Hot Fuzz in a very minor role. I was going to say Hot Fuzz and Shine
1: of the Dead. Yeah, she was terrific. Um, So, and I think I mean predates those as well by a few years. So Um, so So that leaves us with
0: with The Star is Born, which is actually my favorite movie last year. Yeah, because I liked it. Uh, I'm not um, going to give you any deep, any uh, sort of um, mind I, for any any sort of depth on this. I I just I went to that movie and I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I I didn't. Um, so <laughs> there you <laughs> there go. You go. Uh, but I do think it's funny that um, at one point uh, in the bathtub scene, Bradley Cooper ad libbed, "You're ugly," and uh, they had to suspend. Um, the next three days of shooting <laughs> I did not know that actually I, I knew he had lived that and it was it felt <laughs> it felt hard felt I, uh, yes I, and I, I actually said I, you know the, the one of the few times when you call your shot and you actually uh, you actually get it right but I it? said watching there uh, watching this with, with six other people um, in uh, in early January wow I, I think that that was I think that that was from the heart. <laughs> It was like Steph Curry's mom from half court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, so with that, um, should we take a break and come back and do yes, what please. are you listening to and uh, throw a couple songs in the playlist? Sounds good. All right. back to brother 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 and uh we are we are going to answer the question that we answer with every episode Wyndham, tell me what are you listening to huh i for
0: once am caught off guard so why don't i pass it on to you what are you listening to uh
1: so i have recently picked up and read um meditations by uh marcus aurelius it's actually it's a really um uh, sort of satisfying, rich, um, interesting, practical, uh, uh, you know, guide um, to uh, behavior and, and sort of daily life, I think, uh, can a little bit, to, you know, if it's if cognitive behavioral therapy, it's sort of, he's one of the original Stoic um, sort of thinkers, uh, was a Roman emperor, of course, and... Um, and uh, so you know, digging deep into some of the classics here, I would say um, this is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, and if you're interested in sort of um, getting into a, a sort of accessible um, philosophy, I, I think that this is a, a, a great way to um, to sort of break in there. Um, and as far as actual albums are concerned, um, something that uh, uh, I think we can we can all appreciate here. Um, the album "Post Earth" by LA post-punk band Feels um, is outstanding. I've been uh, this has been on really heavy rotation for me. Um, so they have um, I think hit the road again. There was an unfortunate incident uh, w- at one of their concerts where a fight broke out in the audience, and I think somebody was um, was actually uh, was very badly um, hurt or, or killed. Nice. Um, yeah, which you know had. I think for, to one of the openers, and it sort of—I I think it was a sort of outlier um, and um, pretty, uh, pretty dark situation that, that sort of put them on hiatus for a bit. But um, they are back, and this album is just incredibly strong. It's it's really um, I, I sort of tightly wound, uh, you know, excellent. Um, you know, musicality and, and sort of melodic riffs, um, but uh, but some good you know swagger and um, uh, sort of so in a few cases I think sort of anthemic guitar riffs. So um, definitely check this out. It's uh, it's terrific. That's feels posters.
0: I I guess what I've been listening to um, is not current, which I feel badly about. But if you never did, if you never saw. Uh, Living in the Material World, the George Harrison documentary on HBO, which is now on Netflix. Um, Check it out. I've watched it it multiple times and uh, um, it is uh, my wife's go-to sedative. She watches it like uh, all the time if she wants to go to sleep, which is not to... um, (laughs) does not sound like a ringing endorsement, but I I think it's so comforting and and, um, so interesting. And um, I watched it again recently, so just wanted to bring that back up. Looking retrospectively, again, um, oddly enough, and this was on my top 10 list, or top, yeah, it was actually on my top 10 list last year, but I have gone 100% uh, Be the Cowboy by Mitski. I've been listening to that album on con- just constantly, um, listening to it top to bottom constantly. And I loved it when it came out. I really liked it um and gave it high marks but i have settled into that place where it is becoming an album that i just won't stop listening to now and that that's a that's rarefied air as far as i'm concerned so be the cowboy by mitski yes i've recommended it before but uh, now i'm recommending it from a different place which is obsession rather than appreciation
1: excellent um well that is a that is a real endorsement um All right, Songs for the Playlist. Uh, I'm going to throw on Fell in Love with a Girl by the White Stripes. Nice. And in keeping with my George Harrison
0: theme, I'm going to put in uh, Something by the Beatles. Sounds good. All right, good talking to you. Catch you next week. Thanks so much. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers Jeremy and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.